0: All right, we are back with another FBA lifestyle podcast. And on this episode, Natalia Villa, Villa Veses, but Villa for short, she's going to tell us how, uh, just only about a year and a half after getting into Amazon FBA, she's already scaled her business to multiple seven, six figures, uh, seven figures coming soon. Um And uh, she's from Canada, currently in Canary Islands, Spain, which is close to Africa. Natalia, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, happy to uh, have you on here. And we connected through the uh, Chiang Mai Amazon sellers group. So that's really cool. You're obviously uh, living that remote work, digital nomad life. Um, so, uh, I guess let's, um, kind of just jump right into it. Like, how did you, how did you, um, scale your, your FBA business to multiple six figures in just a year and a half?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it's been quite the journey. Um, I started about a year and a half ago in Chiang Mai, actually. Um, and I, at the time had, was really really into finding an online business that I wanted to succeed in, to achieve financial freedom and geographical freedom and many things that, that we're, many of us are looking for. And I had, at that point, already tried um, to build another business. I had started, my story really begins in London when I was working a really intense job in the finance sector. And it was kind of sucking the life out of me because I was commuting for Hours every day just to live a really stressful job have to please my boss um, And it was just killing me from the inside out And I just could see that my life was just gonna be this way for the next few decades if I didn't do something about it so at this point I saved all the money I could which was difficult in such an expensive city, but I did that and once that that happened, I quit my job. I left at this point to Budapest um, in Hungary, mainly because at that time I didn't really know much about Chiang Mai and just thought, well, I need to move to a cheaper place because I can't be starting a business in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I moved to Budapest, started an e-commerce Shopify business at that point. Um, But that didn't go so well, mainly because um, I chose the wrong products uh, to begin with, I think. And I made a lot of beginner mistakes in that I didn't really ask for enough help. I didn't follow a course. I um, I just thought maybe that I was smart enough to kind of pull it off myself. And that's a lot of mistakes that beginners tend to make. And so that didn't turn out so well and when that didn't work out, I then found out about Chiang Mai. I moved to Chiang Mai and at this point I went through another rough patch because I was trying to sort of rebuild my savings because at this point I had invested quite a bit of them into my previous business So I was with my partner and we were just working random online jobs (laughs) and spending as little as possible and trying to um, save as much as possible to launch another business. And that's when we started meeting really interesting people who were themselves running Amazon FBA businesses. And for me, that was a big wake up call because it felt real at that point. Um, Everything before that had just been in a way my imagination, like goals that I wanted to have, but I hadn't actually seen people who had achieved it. Um, So when that started happening, that really inspired me to get into this space and learn more about Amazon FBA, what it was. So that's when my FBA journey started. And it was very exciting actually, because at this point I feel like I'm way more analytical as a person. So Amazon FBA is a great route for me because there's a lot of, it really is based on data that you find on Amazon. Um, And as opposed to um kind of taking a risk and coming up with your own ideas like this what this is really database so that helped me a lot because it's something i'm good at and i was able to focus on that and that's where it all started i launched my first product in november of 2018 and then that it worked really well and so i decided to scale that further and expand to new marketplaces um and yeah, so now here we are a year and a half later. I've got many products selling on Amazon. All of them are generating um, a good amount of sales per month. And this year, um, hopefully going to reach seven figures. That's the goal, but don't know wow. if that'll happen. But fingers crossed.
0: Seven <laughs> figures. Uh, seven figures in revenue, yeah, between all your products and marketplaces?
1: Yes, exactly. Wow. So, wow. But we'll see, that's the goal.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, <clears throat> wow, so you launched your first product and your first product did well.
1: Yeah, it did. My first product did well, which was great because I know that it's also normal to launch products that don't go so well, especially at the beginning. But yeah, I was lucky enough. I was at the right place, right time, had followed all the right analysis. and And I was also really lucky to find a really high quality manufacturer, for the product so it's just been really great yeah.
0: Um, yeah 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 that's great yeah as in business as in life you, you know sometimes it takes a little bit of luck you know yeah. finding find that right product market fit at the right time as it's uptrending etc cetera, etc cetera, competition level all that stuff um, so looking back what what uh, what were the major uh, keys to success that you think made your uh, first product successful
1: I think The main factors were, first of all, that I think especially beginners, they tend to go for cheap products um, because they require less investment. And the problem with that is that you'll be found with so many other beginners and so many other people trying to get into these same marketplaces. So they get crowded really quickly. And also I find it difficult to sometimes add a lot of value when you're selling really cheap products. Um, So my strategy was more towards going for a more expensive product that I could make premium and sell a high quality device essentially, or high quality service packaging, etc. And that really helped me because even though competition grew over time, there was still this element of, oh, this is a premium product selling at a higher price. And since many other beginners at the time were probably unwilling to do that, then I was able to take an advantage uh, over other people so i think
0: that was the key i like it i like it yeah actually my first successful product uh, was that same story um um came in and we were the premium product we had you know the best the most premium product actually and then so therefore we're able to charge a higher price and you know there's always that certain segment of shoppers that want to get the most expensive one like people who buy iphones and macbooks they just want to get the most expensive phone because it's it's worth it to them to just get the nicest one so that premium product play it's uh, it's a good one it's a good one Uh, cool and then how were you able to uh, what was the trick to scale from there were you launching related products or how what was your uh, trick to scale it
1: um actually so the first thing i did to scale was since i found something that worked a product that worked in a marketplace customers were happy and it just everything was working great I thought well why don't I launch the same product in a different marketplace so that was my initial expansion because I found something that worked so why not rinse and repeat that was sort of my thinking yeah so then yeah basically been expanding all over Europe so we expanded to France and then UK um, expanded also even to Australia which is a newer small market Ooh but and it's very small I mean it gives me the least sales per month but Uh it's also just a very kind of sure thing because there's barely anyone there so it doesn't really change much it gives me a sort of guaranteed amount of small sales per month and it's little effort for me since I already am producing the product for other marketplaces anyway so so yeah it's sort of the main strategy has been take one product sell it in many marketplaces and then once there's something big is going with that and the brand is sort of building, then maybe launch other products under the same brand and continue from there. Got That's
0: it. That's been
1: the main strategy.
0: Nice. Um wow. How much uh, how much do you make on in Amazon Australia like compared to your total like five percent of your compared to the US or something like that or?
1: Yeah, compared to US, it would definitely be like it's tiny. I mean, really tiny. Um, compared to European marketplaces, I would say maybe it even generates 25 or twenty or 25% of, of the sales. The reason I say that is because even though Australian market is tiny, there's barely anyone there. And I'm the only one selling this product there. <laughs> so even if it's yeah. way smaller than, for example, UK marketplace, I still sell kind of more in comparison to size because... Because, yeah, because of that, there's lots of competition in the UK and in Australia, I'm able to benefit from being one of the only choices.
0: Nice. And you send your inventory to FBA in Australia, right? Yes. Cool. And then in the UK, are you on like all five marketplaces there? Or I mean, in the EU?
1: Yeah, well, currently on three. So UK, France, and Germany. But right now, expanding to pan EU, so I want to be selling everywhere: Spain, um, Italy. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, in the next couple of months, it'll be absolutely everywhere. Cool. But
0: what's the uh, what's your biggest uh, country in uh, Europe?
1: I would actually have to say France. Surprisingly, uh, huh? Y- yes, actually, because Germany and UK are big marketplaces, but. Um, France, um, I think there was an added value there because I speak French and my partner is also French. So it's sort of like a good understanding of the customer there. So we were able to make something really like for French customers and less competitors that would go to the UK because they speak English. It's sort of an easier market to get into, didn't go into France. So we've got less competition and also I'm able to add that extra value there. Uh, so probably France actually.
0: Wow, yeah. you So great listing, you know, you're able to have it written by, you know, professional French speaking person and maybe, you know, change the angle of the product a little bit, you know, speaking more to a French audience. And uh, okay, that's very interesting. And uh, y- your your total sales in Europe, how much is that compared to like your total uh, USA sales?
1: It's actually the majority currently because um even though I am in the US, I kind of expanded to the US only recently. And so Mm. I'm still kind of trying to get to the top of that market, whereas Europe I'm kind of well established. Um so currently Europe sells yeah, most of my sales probably come from Europe and US is growing quickly.
0: Oh wow. Did you did you start in Europe or did you start in the US? I
1: started. I started in UK actually. UK oh. was my first marketplace ever.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. So, did you choose to start in UK based on the uh, analytics, the competition levels, and everything?
1: Yeah. So I wasn't. I didn't start off Amazon FBA thinking I really want to sell in the UK. I had no particular attachment to that marketplace. But when I was doing my market research, mainly in the US, actually. I found many product ideas that were good in the US, but still kind of competitive, um, more or less. And then I just thought at the time, well, what is it like in the UK for the same marketplace? And at the time it was just way less competitive. There was much more room. And so I was able to kind of take the best ideas from the US market that already existed at the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and introduce them to the UK somewhere where there weren't these things. and customers were ready to buy so that was a that was a good idea to start with
0: nice nice play on that yeah i've been telling people same thing you know that's buy the book you know people were like what's better to sell uk or usa it's like depends on the product bro pen do the research check both depends on the the competition level and, and the numbers and everything um so okay sweet awesome and then Okay. Um, have you thought of or are you selling in Canada?
1: No, so I'm currently not selling in Canada. Um, I've thought about it, of course, because I'm from there and it'd be, it'd be nice to sell in Canada. So far, I haven't gone there just again because the numbers haven't shown me that it's been the best marketplace to get into. Other marketplaces have been more interesting so far. Um, but maybe in the future, maybe, maybe that'll be something to do. for
0: sure yeah Yeah. nice we we just started in canada in in recent months and uh sales are uh, i don't know five percent of what usa is um just because it was relatively easy to set it up parker's handling all that but um we we sold in in you in the europe a few years back and then With the 20% VAT tax and and the sales weren't as as good, we kind of stopped it. Um, But now we're looking into it again. Um, What has been your experience with um, the whole setup and especially with the VAT tax thing?
1: It's a big headache. (laughs) Um, I really wish it didn't exist. But the way I see it is because it's such a big headache, many sellers will get discouraged by that and just not go into those marketplaces. So that if you do get through that stage, then you are at an advantage in a sense. That's what I try to tell myself when I'm getting through all of that process, because especially when you're trying to expand or launch into Europe, you will have to go through so much paperwork to register for a VAT number. And that takes a lot of time, a lot of money sometimes. Um, and also, once you are in the market, it does take a cut of your margin. But that being said, everyone is experiencing the same thing. So I think the prices sort of adjust for that. Um, Got yeah. It. So yeah. it's just about getting through the beginning. Yeah. The bigger barrier to well.
0: entry. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. I actually just saw an email yesterday, uh, last night from seller, Amazon seller, Europe saying Amazon's coming out with a new VAT um, approval system. Uh, that's kind of handled within Amazon. Uh, did you notice that by chance
1: yes i did actually i noticed they they're actually releasing a lot of programs to encourage sellers to sell in europe and they're trying to make it easier for you to register for vat and all of that so you can actually apply to many of these things and they can approve to give you some funds and even hire a company to help you out with all of this and they'll even give you a bunch of vat reports they're really developing all of that section because they've realized that it's been discouraging for a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're realizing, yeah, a lot of people have the same discouraging experience. So Amazon's like, all right, how do we make this better? Because they're obviously trying to take over the world slowly one country at a time that they We're, are for better, or for worse. You know, that's their, that's their agenda. Obviously it's not their fault. That's just what businesses do. They expand And uh, they're already going into so many new countries. Like I said, they're like in Czech Republic. Um, They're like, you know, they're already in Turkey, obviously India. Um, Yeah, it really, if you want to go global, like it's, yeah, it's growing and it's not going to slow down, you know, for better or for worse, it's looking like. And um, a lot of these countries, obviously Amazon is not big yet, but you know, like you said, one advantage of getting in early is just take that early real estate and you might get, you know, single digit percent of sales compared to USA, but at least it's, at least it's, you know, there, it's a little bit more. And as that country's uh, Amazon popularity grows over the years, you know, some listings last for five years, you know, five, 10 years, you know so you just have that real estate as long as the product is like relevant and good it stays there indefinitely for a long time and of course you can always launch version 2.0 you know if you if you need to improve it down the road and stuff but um interesting yeah we we got to get our step our game up you know we got japan is a is another one true Um,
1: japan is getting there Yeah 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 so many places some marketplaces dubai as well is oh. um qatar in general is getting in on it as well Wow. which is interesting
0: didn't um, even know that yeah, yeah amazon's world domination they're they're continuing to do it so with uh, so you've launched uh more products what has been your key with uh, with more products is that just relating um, related products in the brand or what's been your strategy there
1: yeah, I've been trying to, because my brand has expanded so fast and so quickly, I've been trying to capitalize on that by launching other things within the same brand or somewhat related. Um, so that's sort of been my strategy also because my goal is to create a strong brand on Amazon because I think that's that's very valuable in the future um, because I, I'd say the one downside And there are very few downsides of Amazon FBA, but one downside is that you are really reliant on Amazon. Um, If they decide to take off your account, to take off your listing, that's it. You're done. So my goal sort of is to create a brand on Amazon that can later expand outside of Amazon and be sort of more long lasting in that respect. So, So yeah, I've been trying to launch within the same umbrella of the brand. Um I would have liked to launch earlier, but sometimes um, you know, it's a very cash flow intensive business. Mm-hmm. So it takes time to like I've seen opportunities and I can't go for them and that's the most frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, slowly getting there, launching new products. Um still today launching a new one in a couple of months now. Um so so yeah, we'll see. We'll see nice. how things progress.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um yeah, that's you know r- reminder to people listening. Amazon is, is one tool in the toolbox to create cash flow, but it's not the end all be all. It's all about building that brand, diversifying your sales over to your website, you know, uh, getting the email list, and you know, kind of building that kind of building that big brand. That's kind of what you want. That's kind of the that's kind of the holy grail is building a, a household name brand of something. Then you're then you've made millions you know so uh on that note are you doing any um anything uh to capture uh customer emails like inserts or uh anything like that
1: yeah so we do have inserts um to try to encourage email collection we offer guarantee um so that customers can sign up for the guarantee and hence give us their email. We've got many strategies like that in place. Even, even sometimes by just providing excellent customer service, the customer will actually want to reach out to us. So we make it very available how they can do so outside of Amazon. And many customers have actually come, found us, contacted us through there. Um, so yeah, we've been slowly building a customer list uh, email list, and hopefully, yeah, that'll become really valuable in the future, even for launching new products. That's key because you can just share it with your list, and chances are they'll be interested. They already t- trust your brand, um, especially nowadays where launching has become a little bit more challenging, or the old tactics no longer work anymore. So, having that strong presence is, is important. So, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend doing that and focusing on that as early as possible because a lot of people they wait even myself included, wait too long before starting to do these things. But if you can start as like from the get-go, that's really valuable. Nice. Um, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. we do the same thing with the QR code on our insert. You know, scan to register your uh, extended warranty, et cetera, et cetera. Get a free gift. Um, also get your instructions, blah, 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 email opt-in. Um, cool. Uh, what has been your kind of... Launch strategy to kind of get your initial uh, quick reviews.
1: Um. Well, we've got the last time I launched a product was about six months ago. So, well, a new product anyway, and I think it's been really just to launch a product to ranking. It's been mainly PPC based, just because giveaways are no longer very recommended. Um, so, definitely PPC based, and to get reviews. We often try to um, contact the customers themselves. Like, for example, as soon as a customer messages us, then we'll be insanely good customer service, like over the top, <laughs> um, to try to get some reviews. Of course, there are the inserts which help as well. You encourage them to leave a review, and um, and of course, like as. If if you can find any other way to reach out to your contacts, to reach out to anyone you know who could help out, then that's always a little boost at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't had any sort of big black hat way to get reviews <laughs> because um, yeah. we've seen it backfire
0: <laughs> yeah. many
1: times for other people. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you see those certain listings where it's like they just list and then they have like 200 reviews like in a matter of like one month it's like what well, how how did you do that, like, that what are possible? these people's secret things um yeah what what kind of used to be the thing is you know 99 percent off coupons for like giveaways yeah. now everyone does the um uh, the uh free after uh free after rebate thing um it's rebate sites we do some of that um we do um yeah, kind of free free after rebates, but like two big email lists. Um, it's depending how you look on it, depending how you look at it. You know, it's some people say, you know, be careful. It depends how you look at it. Um, but okay, yeah. And then Amazon has the new uh, request review button. Have you used that yet?
1: Yes, I have actually tried to do it in a timely way, like when a certain amount of time has passed after the customer has purchased the product and you know they've actually probably tried it at this point, um, then then I try to send them a request. I don't know if it's, it's hard to know if it helps or not. Um, it must. It must for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got emails, just automatic emails in place. So when a customer does order, then we, of course, send them emails and ask them to to leave a review. So I guess this is just an additional way to do that, to be like, hey, remember, <laughs> you can leave a review. Um, mm-hmm. Give them a little nudge. But I think it has helped her to know, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually haven't even got into that, but <laughs> um, definitely got to implement that soon. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I guess what other uh, what other kind of tips, tricks, Um, lessons have you learned that you would share with someone who is uh, kind of either wants to get into FBA or kind of just starting?
1: Um, I think the key thing I would say is people, I mean, it's good to dream big, but I also think sometimes, um, especially in today's marketplaces where a lot of the marketplaces are way more mature and it's not necessarily the Amazon of five years ago. um, Sometimes it's actually better to go for products um, that sell I'd say a medium amount. So maybe don't go for like the bestseller, the unicorn product that you think is going to bring you your financial freedom next year. Um, because chances are, you'll get so many competitors in with, with you as well. And that's just, you're going to end up competing on price. You're going to want to get rid of your inventory. It's just, it's, it's a disaster. And I think what, what's worked for me is trying to go for the sort of medium-sized marketplaces where it's worth it to go into because you're earning enough but it's not necessarily the most attractive marketplaces that everyone would jump into. And the reason why it's been so good for me is because these types of markets last way longer because you don't have a horde of competitors coming in to, to try and take your sales. So I launched a product one year and a half ago. It still generates the same amount today. I think it'll still generate the same amount in a year and a half. So sometimes it's better to go for a sort of medium style marketplaces. Also don't close your eyes to other markets outside of the U.S. because a lot of people tend to do that. The U.S. is very attractive. It's got the most volume of sales and there's no arguing about that. But sometimes the better opportunities are in other places and you can scale from there. So I would say open your eyes and I would also say don't be discouraged um, because a lot of people right now say that Amazon FBA is no longer viable in 2020 because Mm. it's too late and you should have gotten in five years ago, but I'm living proof that I'm a relatively recent seller. I've been at this for a year and a half and I've, I'm living off of it. This is my life. I'm, I'm, I'm building my own business. I get to run it from wherever I want and it's still possible today, both for men and women, because there are not that many women, at least when I started out, there weren't that many women inspiring me or teaching me about that. Um, so whether you're a guy or a girl, wherever you're from, whatever you're doing, it's still possible. You just need to follow the right techniques and get people who inspire you. And hopefully like I can begin helping other people as well. Now that I've reached this point, I've kind of started to to want to share my experience and um, and tell people that it's really it's really possible. So hopefully like my plan is to kind of develop a YouTube channel and, and start to make connections in this space a little bit more because i've been really quiet for a year and a half and just like focusing on my thing but i think it's important to share with other people that it's possible and still possible today
0: absolutely awesome yeah it's same with me obviously you know we we got into this obviously because we were inspired by someone else doing it you know on a screen Mm -hmm. on a little youtube screen and then we get there, and it's like holy crap! Like I'm there, and then yeah, it's paying it forward by you know helping other people, um, especially if you're if you like talking and like teaching. Uh, someone like you and I who are like all about it. Um, so cool, I guess. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your blog? What's your channel? Do you have anything uh, that people can uh, search and find you? Or
1: uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on YouTube under Natalia Villa FBA. If you can't find me, just under Natalia Villa. And uh, yeah, that's about it for now. We'll see how things uh, evolve over time.
0: <laughs> cool. And so, um, I guess let's get into to I guess travel slash lifestyle a bit. How long have you been like a digital nomad? And um, where? What are your? Where have you been? And what are your plans?
1: Um, good question. Um, I started about two years and a half ago now. Time flies and to be a full-on digital nomad um but i've really properly enjoyed it for a year and a half since amazon fba Um, but i've been to the passive income yes exactly (laughs) um but i've been to budapest i mentioned earlier which is a wonderful city in europe Uh, In europe i've also been like around eastern europe right now i'm in spain um i've also been to chiang mai bangkok um, I've lived on Thai islands for a little while too, which was really nice. Um, and what else also lived in Medellin in Colombia, Ooh. So that was really cool. Um, lived there for a good part of last year. Lots of actually Amazon FBA sellers there as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's about it really. I think mainly those places in Europe, South America and Asia, I'd love to go back to Thailand <laughs> because I miss it um, and maybe discover a little bit more of Latin America. Um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. How about
1: it- you? You're in Bangkok now?
0: Yeah, I'm in uh, chilling in Bangkok right now. Um, if I flip my laptop around, you can see my Bangkok city right here. So kind of my central park uh, view but uh, yeah, I've been I've been all in Southeast Asia. I mean, I did like a week or two in Medellin on a little stopover, but um, pretty much all Southeast Asia because um, I, I came out here to, to Johnny and Anton's conference like four years ago and made my initial friend group, and this has just been kind of the home base. Like, there's nothing to complain about, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just so nice. It's like, oh man, you know. <laughs> so but we've we've done a couple around the world trips you know visiting places visited total of like 30 countries but uh yeah like once you have passive income and you can live anywhere it's like it's almost like a little bit overwhelming it's like oh my god now the world is your oyster like now there's all these places all these cities and countries and it's like oh you could live here you could live here you could live this this country this country it's like oh my god whoa where do i go next it's like it's like you've unlocked life and now it's just like, True. Ah, as the sun comes, ha. Ah. So, uh, so, but, but Latin America is definitely over the years just, uh, you know, been been knocking. And so, so much to explore in Latin America. I haven't done time yet there yet, only a couple of weeks in Medellin and just a whole nother world. And of course I have tons of digital nomad friends who have done time there all around Latin America. Been watching, been going on like a Mexico City uh, tacos, street food oh. videos binge lately, like starting with Mark Weens and then all the ones that come after that. I'm like, oh my God, Like the tacos there look <laughs> crazy.
1: I know. It's to die for. I've seen so many of those videos as well. It's literally, it's mouthwatering. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: So, you know, I'm going to be getting yeah. my taco on and doing some time in Mexico City and, Medine again but uh yeah it's almost like the world is becomes it's weird it's like the world becomes so big but so small at the same time it's like it's small because you can just hop hop on google flights and book a ticket and then you've like can transport there but then big because it's like there's so many cities and options of places to live now so
1: yes absolutely and like you said it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes it's sort of like so much choice Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. what do I do now? There's so many options, but it's nice. It's wonderful. And you I think you enjoy a place so much more when you know you've chosen to be there too.
0: Mm. So. Good point. That's a great point. Yeah. When you're just in your hometown and like you're there because you were you you were born there. It's like you didn't necessarily chose choose to be there. Um, but obviously folks like you and I who have that, you know, adventurous gene. Oh, man, no, no better career path than, you know, having an online business, you know, because so many of us have that, have that explorer gene in us that we just like need to get out and explore and, and not follow the rules and, and go, you know, learn by trial and error and fucking get out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's really freeing to do so. Yeah. Yes. It's incredible.
0: Yes, it is. Um, It definitely is incredible, worth every bit of it. So uh, I gotta run to the gym here. Hopefully this tropical storm doesn't come in, Uh, but (laughs) I'm gonna hop on my motorbike taxi, two minutes up that way to the SkyTrain, zip down, 10-minute SkyTrain, and then a two-minute walk into the gym, where I'm about to get my uh, little CrossFit workout in.
1: Nice, living the Bangkok
0: lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> Bangkok, this has been, you know, we, we started off in Chiang Mai, like, did about a year in Chiang Mai, and then, you know, after you get bored of that, you check out Bangkok, and it's like, I love big cities, you know? Yeah. Um, it's exciting, you know, all the CrossFit gyms is definitely nice. Um, unlimited food, uh, of course. Um, and uh, during Corona, I kind of lucked out because my building happens to have like a little office space/slash co-working space on the top floor, so I was just like spending six hours a day up there, like basically having my little private office during the whole lockdown thing. So I've just been sticking it out here and had a nice setup. So
1: perfect, sounds like a great place to be right now, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, So kind of lucked out with and the Airbnb that I'm in is. Basically, half off because everything is half off now, you know, Corona prices. So, I was able to get pretty, pretty, pretty decent setup. Can't complain. Uh, anyway, I'm going to run to the gym. Everyone, you can go look up Natalia Villa, follow her, uh, follow her journey. And uh, in the meantime, we'll keep in touch in the, uh, in the Facebook group.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thanks so, so much for having me. And um, thanks so much for sharing your experiences with the world. It's really valuable.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Uh, I, I, love, I love teaching and love sharing. So, yeah, happy that, uh, happy that you found it valuable as well.
1: <laughs> thanks for listening to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to fast track your first or next FBA product? Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90 Day FBA Challenge, a 12 week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days. And download the free Amazon Secrets ebook. FBA
0: lifestyle, the Amazon experts. Start your FBA business, achieve the freedom lifestyle.